Welcome to episode 337 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine if it's that time and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get an exclusive discount on one of my favorite products for truly upgrading your health on a cellular level. So the new year is upon us and it's often a time where people are really trying to instill new habits and really upgrade their health. There's something I have been using for years, not just at the new year, Literally every single day of my life, I am not making that up. Even when I travel, I have a way to address it then, which I will tell you about. And it's something that is so easy and feels amazing. That is red light and near infrared therapy. Okay, so friends, you could go somewhere and pay a lot of money to do red light near infrared therapy sessions, or you could just bring it to your home and use it every single day. That's what I do. I've been using Juve red and near-infrared light therapy devices for so long. There are so many clinically proven benefits of red light therapy. That includes improving your skin. Yes, you really will notice it. Faster muscle recovery, reduced pain and inflammation, enhanced sleep, and so much more. I use it in the morning and evening as ambient light because it actually mimics the setting and rising sun. And then I sort of run it throughout the day as well to help combat all of the blue light that we're exposed to, which can have a negative effect on our health. Whenever I have muscle pain, I shine Juve on the muscle. For me, it has made the pain go away instantly. And then for chronic pain, when I do continued sessions, it's made it dissipate. One of my good friends who is a doctor uses these devices on his, shall we say, manhood for benefits there. Yes, it can help in that department as well. I honestly could not imagine my life without Juve. You will just feel so good using these devices. People also post all the time in our Facebook group of their pets gravitating towards the Juve because intuitively they just know that it's good for them. The reason Juve can address so many things related to health is because it actually affects our cells on the mitochondrial level. Basically, it makes those cells perform better. And when those cells are performing better, everything just works better. That's why, yes, Juve can help with your energy as well. I've been recommending Juve specifically for years because the quality of their devices are the best. Their modular design allows for a variety of setup options to give you flexibility. The treatments are so easy. You can do them in as little as 10 minutes, or you can be using it all throughout the day like I do. All you have to do is relax and let your body take in the light. They also have their Juve Go, which you can travel with. Yes, that is how I really do use this every single day. That Go is also great for targeting specific areas of your body, like hurting joints or sore muscles. Honestly, friends, health doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated 
complicated. If you're looking to enhance your health and wellness this new year, start with what matters, which is your cells. And Juve has an amazing offer just for our audience. You can go to juve.com slash IF podcast and you see coupon code IF podcast to get a discount on your qualifying order. Again, that's J O O V V dot com forward slash IF podcast to get an exclusive discount on your order. Pick up a Juve today. Some exclusions apply. I really hope you guys can experience Juve. It really is one of my favorite things. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 337 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I am here with a very special guest today. I've been looking forward to this for so, so long. Listeners, okay, so the backstory on today's episode, probably over, it was a while ago, over maybe a year and a half ago, I'm not even sure at this point, a fabulous listener of the show, Rebecca Rudish, reached out to me via email. And now I'm just trying to remember the origin story of all of this. I think she reached out about the topic of today's conversation, which is her incredible company, Yummers, which they make gourmet pet food toppers, as well as a new line of dog food. And she reached out about just how she was a listener of the show and how she had this company and how she was all into the the health of our pets. And I know we talk a lot about health of humans on this show, but very rarely do we dive into what we're actually feeding our pets. And Rebecca and I just hit it off right away. She felt like an instant friend that I had known for years. I really do feel like that. And on top of that, she's pretty much one of the most inspiring people I think I've ever met. Like she is a role model for being a strong entrepreneur woman who has done so many things. Her resume is just absolutely astounding. So I knew we had to have her on the show for so many things to talk about. A, talk about how she integrates fasting into her life, how she does biohacking and health and diet and fitness while being this awesome career-oriented woman, doing her companies, being a female COO. Also to talk about yummers and the tragic situation of feeding our pets conventional pet food today and how yummers is working to change that. Oh, and by the way, if listeners are fans of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, Rebecca actually co-founded that company Company with Anthony Porowski and JVN from that show. So you guys may be familiar with them. I'm just so excited about this. I have so many things to talk about. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. And you were like way too kind in that, that introduction. I have been waiting for this for a long time too. And it's just, it's really fun to be here. And you're right. When you come to the origin story, you're totally right. You happen to be talking about your mom's cats on one of the IF podcast episodes. And I immediately just, for whatever reason, knew I had to reach out to you. And I will tell you, I've never done that with anybody before. So I think we were destined to be friends. And I'm really, really thrilled to be here today. I still remember reading your first email. And I, I was so intrigued. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> and um, and we just immediately became friends. And you just understand all the things. And I'm not kidding, Rebecca. I literally, when I am talking about you to anybody, I use you as the example. I'm like, she is the most inspiring woman, I think, that I know personally. And I'm not I'm not making that up. Like, that is how I introduce you <laughs> to people. So speaking of, there are so many things... I want to talk to you about. But to introduce you to our audience, your personal story, because I know you went through your own health issues and your own things. And there's so many different ways I could phrase this. Like, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur, work with the different companies that you've worked with? How did your health journey play into that? And ultimately, what led you to founding Yummers? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a wild story and and I I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was younger and you know just in terms of my background I grew up in the Midwest to a very blue collar family of very hard working people and I had no idea what it meant to be an entrepreneur I you know I worked 
I worked a lot during high school and college and I put myself through college and, you know, worked in a retail store. And like, I, I just, I never dreamed that I would have the kind of life that I have now. And I, I didn't even know what it, what that meant, but you're right. You know, I, I, I did, you know, kind of find my way through a lot of different challenges. So like I said, I grew up in the Midwest. I went to college. I was really lucky. And out of undergrad, I, got a, a fabulous job in management consulting. And I, I happened to work in a retail store when I was putting myself through school, as I said. And I got scooped up into the retail practice with what was then Anderson Consulting, now Accenture. And it really kind of set my career up. I, I loved it. I loved what I did and had a chance to work on a lot of really interesting things. And all of that made me realize that I wanted to run a business. And in the kind of retail industry, what that means is you go into a merchandising career. I started my career in merchandising with Target, was recruited to go work for Target. And my, my kind of health and wellness and really my, my kind of CPG and food background really started there. At Target, I ran a bunch of businesses, including the snacks and beverages business. I ran electronics and entertainment. And my last job there, I ran everything that Target calls healthcare, which includes over-the-counter products and vitamins and supplements, but also pharmacy, optical, and clinics. And you know, I, I definitely had a strong interest in health and wellness much before that, but that really kind of set me up to be the person at Target who was a spokesperson for everything health and wellness, which was really an honor. At the same time, during my time at Target, I was also going through a little bit of a health journey. I, I don't think I'll ever really know exactly what happened, but I, I just call it my meltdown, <laughs> where I you know really started to have a lot of struggles with fatigue and, you know, a lot of actually numbness and tingling and my, my limbs and, and just very strange symptoms. At the end of it all, I was in, I was in intense pain. I had horrible back pain to the point of really not even being able to walk around the block. And I was like 29 years old. It was awful. And I was really fortunate that I, that I started seeking out alternative care and it wasn't really it wasn't for lack of trying the traditional Western medicine route, but I think a lot of people on this on this podcast can probably empathize that sometimes you don't get the answers that you really need through that process. So I found a chiropractor and an acupuncturist and I changed my diet and I eliminated gluten and dairy and a whole bunch of other things. And I was really lucky that all of that really helped and made a dent. At some point, I got a diagnosis for Lyme disease. I'm not sure if I had it or not. It's really hard to tell. Probably at some point I did. But I think all of that to say for the past almost 20 years, I've really been able to manage a lot of things with just living better. And I'm, I'm sure that's why at some point I found the IF podcast, because I'm always looking for ways to make myself healthier and, and to really boost you know, all of the things in my life that are wellness-related but anyway, it was really interesting that when I was going through all of that, I was also the health and wellness person at Target, which it felt in, in some ways very odd. The other thing that I really learned in my time in merchandising, because I went on from Target and believe it or not, from there, the, the health and wellness person went and ran all of merchandising for 7-Eleven, which was also kind of enlightening 
eventually I would, I would make my way to Petco, which is, which is why I'm now in the pet industry. But one thing I really learned in, in my time merchandising at Target and 7-Eleven, because I had responsibility for a lot of food and beverage and healthcare products is that the standards for processed food manufacturing and for all of the food development really are, I think, somewhat troubling. And, and I know you talk about this a lot on both of your podcasts, but you know the, the industry that is creating packaged food today and is creating packaged products, it, it, there's, there's a lot there that is really troubling when you're thinking about the health and wellness of, of people and particularly people like me who you know, really need to have clean, real food in order to be healthy. So I could could go on for hours, but a lot of that has really led me to where I am today. And, you know, in terms of getting to the point of today, all of that led me to be the chief merchandising officer at one point at, at Petco, which I have always been in love with pets, but it was the best job ever because I got to live and breathe and eat and sleep nothing but pets all day long. And it was awesome. And I think has really solidified the fact that that pets are one of the things I'm most passionate about personally and in business. I love all of this so much. See, listeners, now you can see why she's so inspiring. Okay, so, so many things. I'm curious when you were having your, your health challenges and hearing the how old you were when you were at Target. That is really putting things in perspective for me. You've just done so much. So when you were having your health challenges, did you start feeling better overnight? Was it like a slow journey? Was there a paradigm shift in your head that helped you feel better? Because now you and I always talk offline about how I'm so in awe of your travel skills and you know, you're always killing it and traveling all over the world and doing all these things, which sounds very energetically draining to me. So did you just wake up one day and feel better or was it a really slow process or what did that look like? You know, it was so, it was so scary. Like it was truly, truly frightening. I, I, I mean, when, when you're 29 years old and you can't walk around the block and, and, you know, even like, grocery shopping was so challenging, except at least I could push a cart. And it would like, it just, to me at this point, it's just seems surreal that that was my life, but I was terrified. And at one point, like, I think the last doctor I went and I had an MRI on my back and, you know, they couldn't really find anything. And, and a doctor who was doing the best that he could, diagnosed me with something called stiff person syndrome. And I have no idea what this, what this is to this day, but he said that the the treatment for it would be to be put on massive amounts of muscle relaxers for the rest of my life, which essentially would have, I, I wouldn't have even been able to go to work. Like it would have been so awful. And I think, you know, Melanie, you know, me at this point and, you know, anybody who knows me, the idea of me not being able to, to work is terrifying because it's what I get so much passion out of and what I really love to do. And, you know, I, I was absolutely terrified. And to this day, I don't even remember exactly how I found this person, but I found a chiropractic neurologist and I was like in the darkest of the darkest days. I found a chiropractic neurologist who, you know, did a full intake and he said, you know, I do things really differently. And he used some very different techniques that not only, you know, kind of adjusted me physically, but also started to rewire my nervous system. And by no means was it overnight, but within 
a couple of weeks, I was not in completely in, in complete pain, you know, and within a couple of months, I was walking a little bit better and, you know, really starting to see some, some improvement. It has been a journey though. Like I could never say that it was overnight. I could never say, I could never say that I'm totally, you know, that I don't have any of the same, you know, symptoms that, that last today. But like I said, 20 years later, literally 20 years later, I get better every day. And, you know, I, I think, thank you for your call out on my travel skills. I don't know that I'm, that I'm perfect by any means, but you know, I, I think I've, I feel incredibly lucky every day that I have never had to completely alter my life or hold myself back from anything because of it. And I just, I feel incredibly grateful for that. And it's because of a lot of work. And, you know, I would say that I was biohacking before biohacking was a thing or before I knew it was a thing because it, it really is about constant adjustments and knowing my body and knowing knowing what I need at any given time. And and sometimes I will just, you know, like I, I won't be able to like go out when I'm out traveling or, you know, I will just kind of stay home and take a rest because that's what I know my body needs. But for the most part, I'm like, I'm all in on life and I do, I do everything. So I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky. We have so many conversations about the travel, about the rest, the boundaries, and also you're also a big foodie. So I'm always having you send me pictures of your meals and, and these crazy places that you go. It's so haunting to hear you say that about the grocery store thing. I, I had immediate flashbacks. I obviously did not have stiff person syndrome, which that's crazy. I've never heard of that before. I don't even know if it's a thing to be honest with you, but <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah. It sounds like something they just like give a label when they can't explain something too. I remember when I was severely anemic and wasn't aware. And that's when I was at my most fatigued. And I would, I would like drive to the grocery store and just like sit in the car for like 15 to 20 minutes trying to get the energy to walk inside the grocery store. And it was so scary. I was like, am I dying? So it's really nice to know that, not that we all go through really dark things, but it's really nice to be on the flip side. And it just provides so much hope, I think, to to me and to other people. So thank you for, for sharing that. One last question about all of that. I'm curious, when you were in that state, was your work draining to you? Because you just mentioned how, you know, it would be awful if your work was taken away from you, which is how I feel about everything that I do. So was it draining for you or was it actually energizing for you or were you hiding behind it? Like, what was that relationship like? It's such a good question. I would say it was what kept me going. And it was, it definitely, it was the one place where I felt like I was still thriving. And, and, and honestly, I was, I was thriving. I probably during this time frame that I was, you know, going through everything, I probably got promoted like six or seven times. Like I, I kept having more opportunities to grow and advance in my career and, and, you know, do new things. And, you know, it, it, like I said, it was the one place where I felt like whole and I felt like I was me. And, you know, I, I felt like what I put in was, you know, kind of coming back out with, with a lot of reward and gosh, Melanie, I don't know what I would have done without it. And, you know, I think we all, you know, read about or know people or, you know, what, or, or just have people in our lives who have debilitating, debilitating illnesses of some sort. And, 
you know, for which like keeps them from working or makes them have to go on disability or something like that. And, and, and to me, like that would have been the most devastating thing. It would have been, I, I don't even know how I would have handled it because I think the, the outlet that work became was just so important for me. And it really, it gave me a why, you know, to continue to, to kind of push on. That's the exact same way I felt during everything. And so, because you mentioned how you were trying to find answers and, you know, started looking into all these health modalities and diet and fitness. When did you start experimenting with intermittent fasting? Like so many things, I was probably experimenting with intermittent fasting without knowing it was intermittent fasting. I I really kind of just realized that, and this was kind of a a little bit of a shift when I, I finally left the kind of big corporate retail world that I had been in and started more of an entrepreneurial path, I really found that when I was kind of working in an office all day, it's just like the food is always there, right? Like, and and people are always like, there's always breakfast and then there's a lunch and then there's snacks and then there's dinner. And, you know, particularly when you're the snack and beverage buyer, you are constantly being barraged with examples of everything. And, you know, and even when I ran healthcare, like there were always, you know, power bars and, or not power bars, but like protein bars and everything everywhere. So I was always in that mode of like snack, 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 snack with meals and dinners out and whatever. And I'll be honest, like I just never felt that good. And when I stopped working in an office all the time, I found that I was just really happy eating twice a day. And, you know, and, I I usually work out in the morning and, you know, it's kind of my thing. So I like to, you know, work out on an empty stomach. And, and so I would just find that I wouldn't really need to have anything to eat until like 11 or 12, you know, in the afternoon or whatever. And then I actually had a a friend visit me who talked about how she was doing intermittent, intermittent fasting. And I said, Oh, what is that? And she goes, Oh, I just don't eat breakfast anymore. (laughs) And I said, Oh, well, I think I do that too. (laughs) But I didn't really know that that's what it was. And she started talking about all of the health benefits of it, which really got me intrigued. And and I think that's when I officially would have called myself an intermittent faster. Since then, I I, I change it up a little bit. I think my, my body's changed a little bit. And I've, I have a really intense goal right now of putting on muscle. I'm I just turned 49. I'm like, you know, on the, on the verge of 50 and, and like the whole, you know, muscle loss as you get a little bit older is it's a real, real thing. And so now it's all about muscle for me. And I find that what I used to do with intermittent fasting of, you know, kind of skipping breakfast and doing probably like, you know, 16 hours without eating, I I probably more often I'm doing like, you know, 12 or 13 instead, just because I like to eat like two really big protein meals, but I'm still doing two meals a day. And I feel so much better. It just, it's better for my body. It's like, I, I think after all the years of snacking constantly, my body's just relieved to not have to be doing that anymore. So it's been very natural and I'm glad I have a name for it now. I just thought I was skipping breakfast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I just had an epiphany. I don't think I've ever had about intermittent fasting. This is a new thought for me. It just occurred to me because people ask all the time about being in social situations or work situations. And if people comment on why they're not eating because they're fasting or, you know, people feeling like they're fasting and they feel awkward about it or they don't want to 
decline the food because of the social implications. It just occurred to me that if you're doing it, quote, by accident, like you were, you know, because you just weren't eating because you weren't hungry, basically you could be in the exact same situation, but because you haven't put a label on it in your head as I'm fasting, I think you can like easily decline things because it's just you're declining because you're not hungry compared to like if you have the label in your head that you're doing it because you're fasting, even though you could be in the exact same situation or exact same state either way. It's like when people add this label in their head, then all of a sudden they bring in all of this baggage of, oh, I have to explain it or I have to, I'm not being normal or compared to if you're just not hungry, you just say you're not hungry. I just never thought about that before. I I mean, I agree. And it's so funny that you say that because my mom, when I was growing up, I I don't think I've ever seen, well, now, now I have, but I don't think when I was a kid, I ever saw my mom eat breakfast. She had coffee every day and she was like, coffee is my breakfast. That's all I want. And, you know, she was, she had like the metabolism of a hummingbird and she just, you know, kind of always had energy and nobody ever bugged her about it. It was never a thing, but she was an intermittent faster too, right? She had black coffee every day for breakfast. And that's, you know, now, now there's like this whole thing around it, but it was just normal for her. It's so interesting. Yeah. I never put that together in my head. Also really random. Do you know the mind blowing fact about the hummingbird? I don't think I do. Did you know, I learned this when I interviewed Dr. Rick Johnson, who I just simply adore. He talks about the hummingbird in his book, Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. So the hummingbird, it becomes diabetic every night. At some point in its circadian rhythm, it drinks all this nectar and it literally becomes diabetic. Like if you looked at its blood profile, it does so much activity with its metabolism that it like undoes all that damage and then it rinses and repeats. Isn't that crazy? Because you mentioned like the metabolism of a hummingbird. (laughs) But in any case, okay. So when you did put a label on intermittent fasting in your head, when you realized that's what you're doing, did you experience issues with like work and social situations of feeling like you needed, wanted to decline the eating situations, but feeling awkward about it socially? I don't think so. You know, I've just always been my own person as it relates to that. And I, I just, I, I don't really think about it that way. I, I guess now, you know, as an entrepreneur, for the most part, we, we all work remotely. So, you know, I'm not in an office every day, which definitely makes a big difference because you're not constantly like in that, that kind of situation. But I mean, my team knows, like, sometimes I have breakfast, sometimes I have lunch, I always have dinner, you know, like, it's just, I I think we're all pretty accepting of where we're at from a health standpoint and, and that's a great place to be, but, but I do know it can be really, really challenging. And, you know, I I think back to like all of my years in an office setting where, where I, like I was eating three plus meal, three meals plus snacks a day, you know, I, I think there probably can be a little bit more of a stigma of like always needing to be in, you know, some kind of feeding situation. And, but, but I do think there's starting to be a little bit more awareness around the fact that that isn't as healthy as, is what people thought it was for a long time. Again, like I'll come back to, you know, I ran the snack department, like we were, we were all about people thinking they needed to eat all the time. We were probably, probably responsible for a lot of it. And certainly, you know, all the research from the big CPG, CPG companies is there to propagate people's belief that they're going to be better off if they just continue to graze all day long. 
you know, t- to me, it, like, even though I was in that business and in that mode, it never felt good. I, I certainly did it, but it, but I never felt great as I did it, if that makes sense. Yes, it does completely. And on the protein front, it's awesome to hear about your focus on muscle and protein. We talk about that so much on this show. A question we get from listeners all the time is they can't grasp how to fit in extra protein into a shortened eating window. And I know you said that you elongated your eating window a bit to accommodate the protein. So how do you fit in all the protein? So I, what I've found that is finally, or not finally, but what I found that is working really, really well is I eat like two big meals a day. And that's why I stretch, stretch them out so much because I'm just not hungry in the middle. But, but you know, two big meals a day and a really good chunk of protein in both. And I'm, I've found that my body just responds better to animal protein than it does to plant protein. But I, I used to do a lot of plant protein too. But I'll, I'll just really eat like, you know, 40, 50 grams a meal. And it, it just, it's working for me. And, you know, I'm like on all the biohacks as well. And like really kind of intense exercise routine that's really helping as well. But, but I just think like, for, for me, it's just really been about two really good solid meals instead of multiple times a day. Some people do well, you know, with, with three or more, but for me, it's just like great to have two really good sizable meals. I love it. I love it. And for listeners, I think, okay, when you and I first started talking about Sculpt, you had already done it, right? Or, or did you start doing it after I was doing it? I think we started doing it right around the same time. So yeah, so I do Sculpt. And I think that's really helped in, in some cases. I also like, I'm a huge, huge believer of like of the Carol bike. So just like small bursts of, of cardio training. So you and I also share that. And the other thing that I have been like, it's been a game changer for me is the ARX, which is robotic resistance training. So it, it basically, you know, you have like, you're stronger on your eccentric motion than on your concentric motion. So it pushes back on you on the eccentric so that you get like twice as much, you know, kind of twice as much muscle building. So like I am all into anything that can make all of this easier (laughs) or not, not easier, but, but at least more effective. Hi friends. We are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, aka CGMs, all the time on this show. And in particular, we love Nutrisense, and here is why. Nutrisense not only provides a 24-7 moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this. You have a meal, and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well. But here's the magic. Tomorrow, you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a Nutrisense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. 
Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes NutriSense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real-time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you, friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, NutriSense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at NutriSense.com slash podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support, which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. NutriSense.com slash podcast. And I am just so grateful to NutriSense for helping support today's show. No, I'm all about it. Maximum gain, minimum pain, minimum time invested. Sounds like the ARX is sort of like the resistant muscle building equivalent of Carol and that Carol is using AI resistance to give you the perfect rehit workout. Exactly right. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay. So historically you were, you know, working in these retail companies. What made you make the decision to leave that, you know, career path and go true entrepreneur spirit, which I think can be really scary for a lot of people and, you know, founding an entire company. What was that experience like? So I I can't say that I like jumped all in and, you know, just just was able to to do it overnight by any stretch. You know, after I left Petco and, you know, like I said, I had been in charge of all of merchandising there. I I thought about doing something entrepreneurial and I think I've always wanted to, you know, really do something that has an opportunity to change people's lives and make them better. When I was in in, you know, kind of snacks and beverages or health and wellness at Target, I just so often I had this amazing opportunity to sit across the table from some of the coolest brands and the brands that have made the biggest difference on people's lives in the past couple of decades. Like, you know, whether it was Method Cleaning or Ollie Vitamins or, you know, Cliff Bar or, you know, other brands that were just there to to make people's lives just a little bit better, to use ingredients that were cleaner, to use less sugar or, you know, less chemicals for your home or or any of those things. It was so inspirational to me to sit across from those founders when they were coming into Target and, you know, hear them tell their story, hear them, you know, talk about their why and their purpose and 
the thing that I loved more than anything else about the jobs that I had was being able to help those small companies who were making the world better succeed. And so many times I thought to myself, maybe someday I'll be able to be in that same position. And maybe someday, you know, the idea will come to me and I'll I'll be able to make that leap. And then I would chicken out and I would just, you know, keep going on my path as a retail executive. And, you know, and I'm, I'm so fortunate that, that I did because finally I, I had a moment where because of everything that I had done, I had somebody knock on my door and this was a person who really kind of helped me make the connection for Yummers. And, you know, while it was an an opportunity to be a founder and to start a new company, it was really because somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, your experience is exactly what what we need to do something in pet. Will you come and join us? And so, you know, I would say I, I admire people who can just do it on their own. I am the kind of person who needs to have other people around me. I am inspired by ideation and brainstorming with other people. I I like to collaborate. I think best when I'm in more of a, you know, kind of opportunity, like where I have an opportunity to have a sounding board or a partner. And the way that this all worked was, was perfect, but it's always, I've always had a fire in my belly to do something more entrepreneurial. And I feel incredibly grateful that I'm finally here. So somebody came to you with the idea for Yummers specifically, or it was just like a the idea of something like that. Yeah. So Yummers actually came out of an incubator called Caravan, which is basically, we are a part of slash a venture of a creative artist talent agency, which is why I had a chance to meet Jonathan and Anthony. So Caravan had identified pet as an area that they wanted to go into. They didn't know exactly what they wanted to do in pet. They didn't really know much about pet, but Pet, the pet industry is amazing for so many reasons, and and they thought so too. And so when they said we really want to do something in the pet business, you know, do you have any ideas? I said, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and so there's where that's exactly where Yummers was born was through some of those ideas and and the opportunity to join forces with uh, JVN and Anthony as well. Awesome. Okay. So many questions about this. And for listeners, they probably caught this, but Creative Artists Agency is CAA, which they hear that terminology more often, which is the biggest, it's like the, it's at the top three for the biggest agencies in the um, entertainment sphere. So very cool. Okay. So when you sat down, not really, but (laughs) sat down to, you know, brainstorm and create what would ultimately become Yummers, what were your thoughts and what are your thoughts on the conventional pet food industry, the way it is now? And what were you looking to achieve with Yummers? What happened with Yummers or where Yummers came from was really that desire to bring better to pets. And there were a couple of areas that I was really fascinated by as I you know, really started digging in and, and determining what exactly our product offering would be. And there's really two things. First, you know, the conventional pet food industry in terms of like in the quality of the product is it's basically it's a corollary to the human snack food business in so many different ways you know even when i when i've toured some of the facilities and you know seen the production you know you basically take ingredients which are you know certain ingredients some of them are great some of them aren't so great and put them into an extruder and outcomes basically 
pellets of food that have been stripped of a lot of nutrition and almost all of the flavor. And then, you know, they're, they're like palatins are put back on top of it and vitamins and minerals are, you know, kind of re-added to the food so that it, you know, has complete and balanced nutrition and reminds me a lot of cereal. And, you know, when I was back in the food days, it was, I mean, extruders are how you make Cheerios. So like, it's the exact same thing. You take, take ingredients, you put them through a huge heat process and, you know, out comes something that really is not as nutritious. And, you know, with, with pet food, the, the vast majority of, of people feed kibble as, as a pet food. And, you know, the nutrition, as we just talked about, is not all that great. You, you know, I can, I can say that with my own opinion. But also, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't make the pet that happy. It doesn't make the human that happy. And so much of life and, you know, a relationship with, with your friends is really around, you know, food and, you know, creating great moments over, you know, a great meal. And yet, you know, so many people see their pet, their, their dog or their cat is their best friend. And they're just pouring this brown kibble into a bowl every day and putting it on the ground and saying, you know, chow down, buddy. And, you know, I, we, we really started to see that people weren't satisfied feeding that way anymore. So the initial line of products that we launched with Yummers was this incredibly nutritious, and we can talk about the, the way that they were prepared in a minute, but this incredibly nutritious and absolutely delicious range of products that were meant to be mix-ins and toppers for either dog food or cat food. And some of them are just tasty gourmet, you know, proteins and, and mixtures that, that just make the food taste better and, you know, give the human being the, the opportunity to make the meal a little bit more interesting. And then the other part of our assortment is really products that are, you know, that we call, we call them supplements or, or functional. So they are oriented around conditions that might be common for, for pets, like hip and joint issues or skin and coat issues or digestive issues. We have supplements that you just put a little bit on top of the food and you can provide therapeutic doses of ingredients that help with those conditions every day during mealtime. So that's really where we started. And the, the core of our belief was around the way that the product was prepared. And, you know, we call our products perfectly prepared because we prepare every one of our ingredients for the optimal bioavailability or, you know, nutrient availability for the body. And as well as they have to be incredibly tasty. Our name is Yummers, so they better be good. And so all of our products test off the charts for both nutrition as well as, you know, just being really tasty for the pet. This is so amazing. And for listeners, I highly recommend checking out, I did an interview with Dr. Karen Becker for her book, Forever Dog. Honestly, reading that book was one of the most eye-opening things I've ever read. And I've read a lot of books. I don't even have a dog. And I learned so much in that book. Point being though, so much of what you said right now, I was just, again, getting flashbacks because she talks about how house pets, our cats and our dogs are really the only animal species on the planet that is eating processed food. A lot of them eating processed food every single meal for their entire lives. I mean, I guess some humans might as well. It's just shocking. And it's, and it's not surprising to me at all that so many health conditions, mental health conditions, different diseases that we see in humans, we now see in our pets. 
And I mean, I really believe it's really going back to the food situation. It's so true. I mean, I think the food makes such a huge difference. And I'm a big, and I'll talk about Yummer's food and what we've done, but I love the human grade, you know, fresh and frozen food that's available now. And, you know, some of the companies out there that have done such a good job of bringing that product and making it available to pet parents. But what I also know is that today, over 50% of pet parents, actually closer to 80% of pet parents are feeding processed kibble two or three times a day as the sole source of nutrition. And, you know, Melanie, just as, as you said, and and part of that is because it's convenient. Part of it is, is because it's more affordable. It's what they're used to. They don't want to, you know, take the, the the fresh stuff out of the freezer and thaw it and have it in the refrigerator. Like, I, I think it's just, that's the reality. So with Yummers, we've really kind of struck the middle ground of having a product that is incredibly nutritious and prepared in the way that the ingredients can be like best absorbed for the pet. At the same time, it is dry and it can be stored in the cupboard and it does have a little bit longer shelf life because of the fact that it's it's just freeze-dried, it's just air-dried, and just like any other freeze-dried, you know, food that you eat as a human, it does last longer. So it provides the same kind of convenience, but it is so much better for the pet than feeding, you know, kind of the standard processed kibble. Because I remember at one point I was thinking of possibly working on a pet food line and I was like diving deep into the rabbit hole of, because there are so many potential options that you can go as far as what type of pet food or yeah pet food to make. It was so much of what you just said that it can be really intimidating for people, not cost-effective, time-wise difficult to go on like a completely you know, whole foods, raw diet or something like that with their pet. Like there needs to be something that's really accessible to people. And I think what you're doing is, you know, so incredible for that. I can speak to the pets loving it. My sister has a cat, Jackie. My mom has her dog, Mia. And Rebecca was so kind and sent us over so many things and I gave it to them. And I kept getting texts like over and over about how obsessed they were with the food. And my sister kept asking for more, saying like how much Jackie was obsessed with it. And then yesterday I sent, I sent Rebecca this, I texted this to her, but our assistant Sharon on the show sent me a video of her dog Tilly, of her putting yummers into her dog Tilly's food. And, and Tilly is, she's a bulldog and she's like freaking out. And I like just so excited about it, like leading up to eating it. And I asked Sharon, I was like, does she always act that way around food? She's like, no, she's never done this before until yummers. So they love it. They love it. You you made my day when you sent that video. It like, it it always makes my day, but but Melanie, I will tell you like, she is not alone. My dog, my my dog loves his food. Like he's really never turned down a, a good bowl of food, but he loves his yummers. Like, and, and it just, it, it seems to be the case for everybody. And I just find it absolutely fascinating because I know how this stuff is made. <laughs> I have seen every aspect of the production and it's just chicken that's freeze-dried or beef that's freeze-dried. It's just sweet potatoes that are air-dried. It's just an ancient grain that is, you know, that is cooked for, you know, bioavailability. It's just real food. And to see my dog, to see Tilly, to see every other dog that I see go so crazy over it actually tells me something about what I have been feeding him his whole life so far. Because 
this is just real food. It's just like awesome real food. And for him to get this excited about it, I, I think it's because instinctively they know it's good for them and they know that it's, it's like what their body needs. And so I love seeing it. You know, I feel g- good every day. We, we get, we get testimonials like every once in a while that just bring tears to my eyes about pets who might have cancer or, you know, who really struggle with their appetite and you give them some yummers and they, they polish off the bowl. And like, that makes me really happy because I, I really do believe that we're solving for something that's really, really powerful. Yeah, it's so true. I hadn't thought about it in that aspect, but just it's such simple ingredients and they're just <laughs> loving it so much, which does tell a lot about probably the current nutritional state of the conventional processed food. How did you decide which ingredients to include? A lot of testing. And and again, like, you know, I come back to the the fact that our goal is to be the most nutritious nutritious, and also the most tasty. And so we compromised on nothing. We knew that we wanted a variety of proteins because I think probably some of the listeners will empathize. Different pets have different allergies or sensitivities to different proteins. And, and so we wanted to have a good variety of proteins for c- customers to choose from. We also wanted to make sure that the ingredients that we chose were the best ingredients and the most nutritious. So, you know, for example, like I said, we have real, you know, real chunks of chicken breast in our food because, you know, the protein is very bioavailable, you know, for pets or with other formulas, we have real salmon or real beef liver, again, because of the nutrient bioavailability for the pet. We chose ancient grains because there's more fiber than traditional like brown rice or, or you know, rice that would be used in a pet food or grain-free pet foods, which, you know, were, I think, trendy for a while, but people have started to realize that having some grains that are made bioavailable are is a really good thing for a lot of pets. You know, we chose... We chose sweet potatoes and, you know, and, and a few other things just because pets really love them and they're incredibly nutritious. At one point, I'll, I'll tell a funny story. At one point, we we did some experimentation of a formula with green beans, which would have been a, a good, you know, good addition and, you know, certainly provided a little bit of variety. But we learned that a lot of pets don't like green beans very much because they would eat every like nugget of the food and they would leave the green beans behind. So basically my mantra became only empty bowls were acceptable. So like nothing that is in the food has any reject factor with, with the pets. And that, that has been a little bit of our mantra. So the the food is, it's amazing. And, you know, if, if, if your listeners, you know, would indulge me and go take a look at yummerspets.com, you can see it looks different. It does not look like the kibble that they're used to feeding. It looks, it looks different because it is, and you can really see each of the ingredients and how they all come together in the bowl. So it's, it's really great product. I, I really hope, I really hope all of your listeners who have pets will try it and we're offering them the opportunity to do that for free. So we're, we're really excited for that as well. So if listeners go to yummerspets.com slash ifpodcast, you can actually try the new dog food line, a trial version of it completely for free. And you have, is it three flavors that you have? Three flavors, yes. 
So you get to pick your favorite, get that completely free. You'll only pay shipping, which is so, so awesome. And then also site-wide, you can get 20% off with the coupon code IFPODCAST20. So IFPODCAST20. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for that. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. I, I really hope, you know, we would love if every pet in, in America were to be able to have yummers in their bowl. So we want to do anything we can to make that happen. I love it. And listeners, feel free to to send us videos or feedback about how much your pets love it because it's so wonderful to see. I'll comment on the um, the grains because I looked up the grains that you use and it's, is it sorghum, millet, and brown rice? Exactly right. And those are all gluten-free grains. All gluten-free. They're all gluten-free. They're all, you know, sourced from the, the highest quality a source of the highest quality and, and they're all, you know, very intentional in terms of the nutrient profile. So, so yes. Do you find, was it different formulating the dog food versus the pet food and the toppers or was it a pretty similar process? No, it's totally different. You know, I, I, I always say like, and, and this probably is an analogy that only works for a nerd like me, but developing the toppers was kind of like developing snacks where, you know, it was like there, there weren't a lot of rules and you could experiment with a lot of different things. And, you know, with, with the exception of the supplement toppers, because those we wanted to make sure to have a real efficacious dose. But like one of our toppers, for example, is just shredded cheese. And it's, it's one of our top sellers because people really love how human it is. And you can just sprinkle a little bit on the food. And that was just a creative idea that we had. And we have, we have some really great stuff coming. So I really encourage people to take a look at what we have coming at the end of the year. We have another really great supplement topper coming. And we're going to keep developing more, but a lot of that is just, it's just fun stuff that we can, you know, we can do and, and there doesn't need to be as much rigor around the complete and balanced nutrition. When you develop like a, a dog or a cat food, like the standards in terms of being complete and balanced are very rigorous. And, you know, I, I've always said, I think in many ways, developing pet food is is harder than developing a lot of human food because there is a very clear standard in terms of the nutrition and the balance of the balance of macros as well as the balance of vitamins and minerals and other things. You know, the pet industry in some ways is way behind people, and in some ways, you know, there's even more standards. So we were very careful in the development of the food to make sure that it is complete and balanced, that it is incredibly healthy for pets. It fits all breeds and life stages. And doing that is, it's like, it's, it's a lot of work to get the formulations right. I'm just thinking about how, speaking of the the simple ingredients, I remember when you first sent me the the toppers because it was right before I was going to Austin for an event. I was looking at the ingredients and I was like, oh, I, I was like, I could eat this. I was like, maybe I should pack this in my suitcase and then I'll have something to eat because it was literally just like chicken. I remember I texted you about that. You're like, I can't officially recommend that. But. There's, there's no, there's nothing that would tell you that you couldn't, but I'm not going to recommend it. And I wouldn't recommend it to any of your listeners. And, and I will, I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind that I share, but I, I have to like constantly tell Anthony that he can, he really shouldn't be putting the cheese on a salad, even though he's talked often about how, the, how he loves to put the cheese on the salad. I, I, I cannot endorse that behavior. <laughs> and I'm sure he wouldn't mind that I shared that because that is his favorite item. 
That's so funny. Did you, did you have, especially in the beginning when they were posting on Instagram and a lot, did you have to have some talks about (laughs) what you could and could not post with that? Particularly as it relates to them eating the food. Yes. (laughs) Not that it wouldn't be a good thing, but no, we we cannot endorse that. That is not, again, like, in fact, I, I, I can, what I can also say is that our supplier for one of the products actually ate only his food for a month and, you know, actually has some video recordings of it. And again, we can't endorse that, but it's, it's really good food. It's, it, you know, the, the quality is, is impeccable, but, but no, I wouldn't suggest that any of your listeners start eating it for lunch. It's so funny. What are some of the practices like with the proteins, as far as the, the sourcing and the, the raising practices of those animals? So we just have really, you know, really high standards and, you know, the, the chicken, it, it's just real, real human food, you know? And so like the chicken is just chicken breast, the, you know, beef liver is just beef liver. And, you know, we source from very high quality sources and all in the USA with the exception of, uh, we have lamb that's from New Zealand. So it's, you know, certainly the, we, we go for the best of the best in terms of sourcing location and, you know, we, we believe that it's just important that the, that the ingredients are the best ingredients that you can put into the food, because I think that's why it's so delicious and certainly why the nutritional value is, is much higher than what you would find in conventional food. I love it. Love it. I'm curious, what has been the response? Because you do have the line in Petco. What has it been like selling it in Petco versus direct-to-consumer online? It's really interesting. We, we sell it at Petco. We also sell at a, for your California listeners, we sell at a, an awesome retailer called Pet Food Express. And then we do sell on direct-to-consumer. And I think our customer, we, we just attract different customers in every location and we see it with the products that we sell. So, you know, at, at Petco, we have a much higher percentage of our sales coming from cat customers and, you know, than we do in our direct to consumer. I think we just have a lot more dog customers coming direct to consumer. You know, our, our direct to consumer customers tend to like to buy more of the supplements. And similarly with Pet Food Express, we just see a lot more of, you know, kind of trading into the supplement SKUs. And we also see that a lot of people on our own website like to buy multiples. And so they'll buy, you know, like, maybe a beef liver and a digestive and a skin and coat or something like that. And and so we've created some bundles around some of those, you know, more, more common combinations as well. But I, I, I just think we're attracting different customers with all of the different points of distribution, which is great because it just means that we're able to reach more customers and, and they can use yummers for, you know, either along with food that they've already been feeding or now they can try our food. You said there are a lot of great things coming in the pipeline. So how do you feel? Because I know for me, once I created my first supplement line with Avalon X and I created the Serapeptase, it was just like, it lit this fire in me. I was like, now I just want to create all the things. So what has been your experience now with, you know, having this, this power and agency to create products? Do you want to just create, like, do you just want to make a million more different things with Yummers or how do you feel about all of it? Absolutely. So, I mean, yes, like I know exactly what you mean, that fire in your belly that just like lights you up and you just get so many ideas and you're inspired from so many different things. I've always been that way. You know, I have been a product junkie for my entire life. I 
I'm always looking for white space in different categories. And, you know, I think part of it, because I've run so many businesses in my career, I just, my mind is always going on like, what's next, what's better, what doesn't exist yet? What are people, you know, what are trends in the marketplace, whether it's ingredients or, or whatever. So yes, I'm completely inspired to create a lot more Yummers products. And my team's mission is, it, it truly, as I said earlier, but our mission is to have Yummers in every bowl. And that doesn't mean that every single person who tries Yummers has to change to our food. We have a great food. I'm I'm thrilled with it. I hope everybody in, in the U.S. wants to feed it. But if they don't, if they like what they're feeding now or their vet recommends something, like we get it. And that means, you know, that the people have something that they like, like they, they might not want to switch, but they can always add a topper or a mix in and they can always make their meal just a little bit better. And so I start to think about what people might want to do to make you know, the usual meal, like an extra special dinner and my mind goes crazy. So yes, there's lots of really fun stuff coming. And I've always been inspired and pet by things that are really relevant for humans. And so things like superfoods and, you know, some of the, you know, superfood ingredients, like I'm, I'm totally into right now. And I'll, I'll just like give a little, little peek under the tent. Like I'm, I'm totally into the benefit of, you know, mushrooms for human health and so many of the things that humans, you know, find find value in, in terms of like turkey tail mushrooms or, you know, lion's mane or chaga, like all of those benefits that humans are getting out of those products, like translate to pet or, you know, antioxidants or probiotics, things like that. So we're developing some really cool stuff that'll come out at the end of the year. And we're going to keep going from there. New and innovative things to add to the bowl. It reminds me as well, you're talking about how these compounds and these foods that apply to humans apply to pets. I keep mentioning that Forever Dog book, but really, listeners, I recommend reading it. That was the big takeaway I took from that book was just how similar all of these practices that we do for ourselves as humans apply to our pets equally. I mean, it's really honestly pretty mind-blowing. Also, something I thought of with, with you talking about animals with sensitivities and things like that, I learned a lot about prescription pet food and I won't even like go into it in granular detail, but that's something else she talks about in that book. And it that really blew my mind because I always thought prescription pet food was from a doctor. Like I thought, I thought it was actually really medical, but it's I don't want to get controversial, but it's not really. It's still a a product of the pet food industry, which is kind of shocking. Oh, you, you mentioned earlier how you reached out because you heard me share my story on the podcast. Was it me talking about how my cat Misty had died from diabetes? Was that what it was about? It might have been. I I, I just I remember I, I I vividly remember you talking about. I think you had just started to kind of dive deep into forever dog when we met. And I I think you had, you were just starting to recognize like how challenging the pet food industry is. And I I think, yes, I think it was your, your cat and and diabetes, but I I don't remember exactly. Cause my cat Misty, who I adored, I actually have a story about that, but I'll circle back to it. She, yeah. So she died of diabetes. And I remember my mom made this comment. She was like, oh, well, all cats die from diabetes if they live long enough. My mom has a tendency to make very exaggerated, you know, claims. So (laughs) I was like, that's not true. And then I went and Googled it and yeah, 
That's true. Like, ba- <laughs> like, like basically, I was like looking up on PubMed, like cat mortality studies. And basically, if the modern house cat lives long enough, it usually dies from diabetes. And that blew my mind. And that's when I was like, okay, there is something very wrong here in the conventional pet food system. Very, very wrong. It's so true because we all know how preventable diabetes is for humans, right? Like, Diabetes or kidney disease. I think it's kidney disease. I might need to re-say that. Probably, you know, a combination of both. And actually, I, I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but we have a phenomenal vet on our team. She's absolutely incredible. I learn from her every day. And we happened to be at dinner just a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about one of the causes of of kidney issues and bladder issues for cats is actually that they get really nervous. And so like their, their bladders or whatever, you know, kind of like, I, I don't know if I can describe it the right way. And I don't want to paraphrase her cause she's so brilliant, but it's kind of like their, like their bladder spasm. And if they had more, like if they were calmer and potentially had more, like even some calming supplements that a lot of the bladder issues that cats had would not be, would not be prevalent. And like, I was fascinated by that. So I'm, absolutely fortunate to have her on our team because she has really true insight into the the physical kind of like why physically certain conditions happen with pets. And I'm really optimistic that we're going to be able to do some great things and bring some really great solutions to the market too. I'm glad you said that because it, yeah, I think it was chronic kidney disease, but Misty did have diabetes. And like you said, I think it all, it all goes together. And it's not something that, like, that doesn't happen in cats in the wild. So there's something, there's something going on here. So, well, okay, I have so many more things I could talk to you about. Maybe to, to bring everything full circle, because we opened this up in the beginning, talking more about you and your personal story. This is kind of a tangent question, but what has been your experience as specifically a female in business. I'm again, I mentioned at the beginning how I'm just so inspired by you and everything that you've done. Have you had any experience of that being a hurdle in your journey or even in your favor? What is it like being a woman in business? I feel like I've been really lucky, but I also do look back and I think the world has evolved a lot since I since I started my career and, you know, I I definitely feel like there have been a lot of challenges and and some opportunities too. You know, I, I I would I would say probably a mix of both. I definitely think that and and I coach a lot of women as leaders. And one of the things that I get the most energy out of in the world is building teams and in specifically building up and and helping women leaders along the way. And I, you know, I I think you know, the idea of the imposter syndrome is real. It's a real thing. And I absolutely would say that I, at various points in time in my career, have had it. And, you know, so I think there's some aspect of being a woman in business that, you know, we we might even get in our own way a little bit. You know, I take full ownership of the fact that, you know, there have been some situations where, you know, I have felt intimidated or I have felt like, you know, there's, there have been challenges that, you know, that I've been up against, like, I I won't tell like the full story, but like some of the behavior of people on my team, when I was really early in my career, like it wouldn't be condoned today, let's just put it that way. But, 
you know, that was, that was real. Like, you know, the guys had one set of, you know, rules and, you know, kind of a social situation and, and the women didn't or had a different, you know, kind of set of, of rules, so to speak. I think, you know, probably the, I, I felt like in my career, I've been able to overcome a lot and I've had a lot of really great opportunities. I moved fast. I had great opportunities for promotion and leadership. There were a couple of times when I did feel like there was more of a boys club going on. And, you know, I think a lot of that was pretty real. I worked in companies that were pretty male dominated in many cases. And I definitely, you know, I I definitely felt that. I, I think probably the time that I felt the most like it was difficult to be a woman was really when I was fundraising for Yummers. It wasn't easy. And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of, in the industry, there's just a lot of understanding that it is harder, you know, as a woman trying to, trying to raise money for a company. I don't really know what it is, but there still seems to be a little bit of a ceiling there. I I was incredibly successful and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for it, but it was hard. And I definitely felt a little bit of that, you know, at the same time, I, I do think that the world is changing quickly. And, you know, I, I'm on a board that I know I was recruited onto because they wanted a woman and because they were like, it was founded by a, a very inspiring young woman. And one of her like stipulations is that there would be a certain representation of, of women on the board. And so, you know, I, I feel pretty lucky about that because I was recruited and, you know, my, my gender certainly was a piece of the reason that I, I got the role you know, so I, I think there's there's a lot happening that is really, I think, good. And, you know, I, I would just give a lot of advice to anybody who is in the business world today, like, take advantage of every opportunity you have. And, you know, I, I think probably the biggest piece of advice I, I would have is, you know, if you have any of the imposter syndrome happening, like, get over it and find a way to get over it. And, you know, one of the things that I like doing more than anything is helping others, you know, kind of get past it because it's real. And, and I would say it's not only women, but definitely I think women tend to have a lot of it just inherently. Well, I can speak to that to listeners that Rebecca is being completely authentic in everything that she said, because there's been so many times I've connected you to fellow women that I know that you've wanted to connect with. And I remember, I didn't tell you this, but one of the women that I connected you to, I think you did a call with her or something. And then I talked to my friend afterwards and she was like, she's like, Rebecca is so nice. She's so incredible. She's so amazing. And she was like, but I don't know what she wants from me. Cause she just says she wants to just help. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, she does. <laughs> That's who she is. So yeah, it's, it's really wonderful to see you supporting fellow women and inspiring others. And I really, I know I personally appreciate it so, so much. One last question. How do you work on your work-life balance with your health now? I kind of call it work-life integration. I don't know that I don't know that I've ever had work-life balance. I'm just going to call it integration because I think that's probably if I'm being honest about it, I think that's probably more what it is. I you know, I would say in the last, you know, kind of 10 years or so in my career, I've I feel very lucky that I have been able to really integrate my work and my life. And I I was, I had the wonderful opportunity to remarry and I am with the love of my life now, who is so incredibly supportive of me and also really wants to participate. 
and wants to be a part of what I'm doing at work. And, and so I think, you know, one great blessing I have is like, I'm, I'm going to New York next week and my husband's like, Oh yeah, I'll come with you. And, and so, you know, he's going to come and, you know, I'll be working most of the time that we're, that I'm there, but we'll hang out a little bit when, when I'm not working and probably go have a good foodie dinner and I'll send you pictures, Melanie. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, but I think that's a big piece. And and I've really started to be good about setting boundaries. And I don't think I was always good about this before, but like, you know, talk about self-care or biohacks or, you know, whatever else I do, like they are mandatory. And like, that is how I keep my energy up. That is how I, you know, that's how I eliminate stress. Like they're, they're like, they're absolutely set in stone and and I will not, you know, compromise them. It doesn't mean that, I get to do red light every day. It doesn't mean that I get to go do the Carol bike every day, but you know, I definitely schedule time for those things. Not as, not as much as you, Melanie, like you are my inspiration as it relates to like blocking off your calendar for self-care. Like I will someday be that good, but, but I do know how important it is for me as a leader to have the kind of energy that I need to be a leader. And those are things that are just, they're non-negotiable. So I think, you know, to summarize, like I would say, like set boundaries, you know, I schedule in the time that I need for myself, whether it's, you know, exercise or self-care or whatever, you know, I, I bring, you know, my husband and my friends into the work that I do. And I'm really lucky, you know, to do that. But, you know, and it's, it's always like, I've, I've recognized that it's always a journey and I like, I have to stay flexible and, I also have to, you know, make sure that that others are flexible. The other thing I would say is that I'm really proud of this. I'm so proud of this. Yummers is the first time that I've had the ability to create a company culture from the ground up. And I've worked for big companies before. The culture is what it is. And you can have like a tiny impact, but you can't really you can't really change target. You know, like I, I loved it. I loved it there, but but it, you know, it, it was target. And I get to create the culture for Yummers, and it's really important to me that wellness is at the core of our culture. And so, you know, you talk about work-life balance, and you talk about wellness. My One of the things that we do as a team is if we have a meeting that's over like two hours long, like if we have a monthly meeting or something, we do a walking break. So we all go off video, and we take, the, take our phones, and we go for a walk, and we walk and talk about something that doesn't require a presentation or when we have our team offsites, we we have them at my house because uh, we're a tiny little team. But when we have our team offsites, we build in time for a walk every day after lunch. We, you know, build in wellness time. I instituted a wellness benefit with the team, and they love it. And we all have our wellness goals, and we talk about them as a team, and and we help each other out and support each other. And so. Like I try to bring that work-life balance in a lot of different ways. I don't think there is any one way, but you know, I, it's something that's incredibly important to me and always top of mind. I love that reframe of work-life integration. It just occurred to me, I think we need to rebrand the word self-care because I think we don't call, like when we take our car to the gas station, we don't call it self-care for the car. We call it just filling up the car with gas. And I just think it's so important like you have to schedule time into your life to fill yourself up with energy and rest. And, you know, you have to take care of your body that you're in. And we we call it self-care. And then I think people think that's selfish because of 
the word. So I, I'm I'm voting for like a new word for self care. I will vote with you. That that that's a good point. Well, thank you. This has been so incredibly amazing. And again, you're you're so kind. So for listeners, if you would like to get your own yummers, so you can get. off site-wide at yummerspets.com slash ifpodcast. And then you can also get that free dog food and one of their three flavors for free. Just go to yummerspets.com slash ifpodcast and that offer will be there as well. Oh, well, this was amazing. Anything else that you would like to share with our listeners, Rebecca, about yummers or where you're at or anything that you would like to um, put out there? Well, first I just, I mean, please take us up on the opportunity to try out some yummers. Like it would, it would mean the world to us and please provide any feedback. We're always trying to be, we're, we're trying to be the most amazing company for your pets. So, so please do that. And I just want to say, thank you, Melanie, your, your community is so inspiring. And I know that, you know, it, it, it is because of all the hard work that you do and, you know, you've been so kind to me in this conversation. And I just want to say you were a true inspiration to me. And I know to so many of the people who are listening today. So thank you for having me. This has been really, really special. Oh my goodness. You're, you're so sweet. I so enjoyed this. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that you sent that email and reached out those many, many months ago. Because for listeners, Rebecca and I have many potential adventures we want to go on in the future. But I just so appreciate your friendship and this relationship. And I'm super excited to see everything that you do with Yummers. And I'm super excited for listeners to try it and report back. So yes, this has been wonderful. And I guess I will talk to you very soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Melanie. You too, Rebecca. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.